Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Thanks for joining us for another week of Take Two. It is May 7th. It feels like summer out there. The winds of change are blowing, though. (laughs) So get ready for maybe more snow. We'll find out. But... Politically, another exciting week. Uh, we've already been told by Greg Hughes he's ready to launch. <laughs> I am ready <laughs> like to go. Like an Atlas rocket. Locked and loaded. I am ready. Did any of you guys see the Starlink satellites this week? That's what everyone's talking about. The what? The Starlink satellites. You know, when you go outside and all of a sudden it looks like aliens. I just saw the coverage. Yeah. Anyhow, did you see them in real life? I did not see them in real life either, hmm. but every time there's a new launch, it seems like people see them. So not aliens, just Starlink satellites, and a whole lot happening At least down that's what Earth. people are telling us. That's what they're telling us, but we'll find out in 30 years. When I never slow down to even notice that there are stars in the sky. That's oh like, gosh, that's like news to me when my kids ma- force me to look up in the air, and I'm like, whoa, look at that. Well, times are changing. Stars, let alone satellites. Times are changing. Uh, Here at Sinclair Broadcast Group and KUTV2 News, we are welcoming back all of the people that have been gone for 14 months in about 30 days. We're excited to have people coming back. We just had a meeting about that. So things are changing. I'm excited about that. But with those changes, there's some growing pains or background. I don't even know what you'd call them. But let me go over the headlines here from this week. So there are some parents. I don't even know if they're parents, but some adults acting like children, showed up to some meetings uh, for boards. I think there's been two or three meetings now to school board meetings where they go and protest masks. Mind you, we've got three weeks left. We've got some Utah businesses saying masks are gone. Some are saying if you bring in your exclusive vaccination card, you can get in. So we've got very different things going on. Let's start with the parent protest here. Mara, uh, did you see the video? It was a little crazy from the Granite District this week. It was completely crazy. It was another round of embarrassing social media video in terms of of, as you said, how adults are acting. I my, my overall theme for where we are in COVID is, one, isn't it great that we've moved into a new phase? And two, as we get rid of the mandates, I think it's a nice refresh button to say, okay, no one's mandating. We can let go of our, the government's making us do it. And what about if we just go back to being considerate, kind people? Because I I was in a meeting yesterday with a woman who had her mask on and most people didn't have their masks on. And she, someone asked her about it and she said, no problem. I'm not offended. She went on to explain she has MS and she just changed drugs. And she's like, I'm being super careful. My doctor told me to be super careful for a couple of months. And she said, but I'm not telling, I'm not, I'm not asking you. I feel comfortable where you are. And, um, you know, she was a good example of when we're in transition, I've started more to go in. I've been in the rooms where yeah. we all check and see if we all feel comfortable. But we also, if someone says I don't, I'm not sweating that I have to put on a mask for 45 minutes for somebody else. And I hope because we can get over the political mandate discussion, we could just go with actually being human beings who are 
thoughtful of each other. And now that we can make our own choices, why don't we just make a choice to be a good neighbor? Good neighbor sounds good to me. And I guess part of the thing that was interesting to me, uh, Greg, about these meetings is that we literally have, I think at this point, 15 days of school left. Right. I think my kids are over masks. I'm sick of them wearing masks to schools, but I'm like, it's three weeks. So giddy up. I know the state mandate is gone, but Three weeks. We can push through yeah. this. Well, I, I think that you have a few things going on. One, I think that the frustration that you saw, it's actually gotten national media attention as well. It's, it's a growing frustration. But it comes right at this, in the same very week where the whole state of Utah said, if we have so, so few cases per 100,000 people Correct. and you have one, over 1. 1.6 million Utahns vaccinated and 15% of our ICU beds are COVID, or less, yeah. then all government restrictions will be then lifted, which means that our children wearing these masks are the only ones that are now uh, required to have this precaution or have these masks. We know these children are not the at-risk population and that they were asked to wear those masks to protect adults. Where you, And many parents feel like their kids are being treated like, you know, that the, as as shields it's not for the children's safety it's for the adults that are around them and when they came to the public hearing to speak on this issue uh there was not that public hearing portion which in many as we well know in public hearings the ability to speak and at least communicate that to the board is an important component which was not going to be allowed and that's where you saw the fireworks i'll say this when i chaired our public education house standing committee there were a couple topics maybe more than a couple on education where i knew that parents were going to come exercised, frustrated, and having something to say about a bill that we were considering. Sometimes I even asked a state trooper to be in the in the hearing, uh, uh, in the meeting, and I would say, look, when you mess with Mama Bear and Papa Bear's cubs, it is the case that this is as about as emotional when you get to public policy as we as you can get, but we need it. We need to be deliberative. We can't have cheering, jeering, booze. We need good information to be shared, so there needs to be decorum. At no point did I think... Or, or say, I'm so offended that people would come here angry or frustrated. you got to prepare for those these things. And if those school board members didn't think See, that See, but you could be angry parents, and frustrated and under right. control. Don't you think they got kind of out of control? I do, but it was because they were denied the opportunity to speak. And I think that's where the frustration boils So where's over. accountability? I mean, I we're just asking for decorum. Okay, that but, wasn't but, decorum. Okay, <laughs> yeah. In this, it, but the irony I'm having is, we're saying this in a year where we have looting and rioting and burning down people's businesses and we have, you know, Capitol Hill autonomous zones and people getting assaulted and killed. And we're going to spend all this time not being able to understand why parents are so frustrated with how they feel their children are being treated right now. It should be the most intuitive emotion of all the public issues, and we are enduring I'm a lot of violence in this I'm going to contend, though, the difference is, Greg, this a isn't on behalf of, of the where's children. Where's the decorum of... of I, Black I, Lives Matter. Where's the decorum? I, I don't of think Antifa? this is an outcry it's, from it's, it's children's selective rights. Outrage. No, 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 no. These this parents isn't are true. frustrated. This, this is, is about wearing a mask and and they're projecting onto yeah, their no, kids they think so they hurting. can be no, angry. They think no, they're the, they they're not being restricted. They feel that this is hurting their children. They they believe this and they want to share that perspective. I think it's I think it's completely reasonable as far as these businesses go. I'm so interested to see how the free market. If you have to show your COVID pass to get into a place. You're limiting your population or not. I don't know. We'll see if the Bayou uh, does well with that COVID, uh, you know, passport that you need to get into their building. Yeah, it could go either way. So the free market will be interesting because the Bayou uh, downtown, I think, opened for the first time. They've been closed aside from... 
to go orders, right. I think. So they're opening for the first time, and you have to have your vaccination card. So they're obviously limiting theirs. Yeah. And then across the street, we have another bar. I don't know. If, is it the Scottish pub? I forget which one it is. But there's one that opened up and said, if you want to wear a mask, fine. If you don't want to, fine. Come on in and have a good time. So it'll be interesting to see, will people stay away from there? Because some people are like, I want to wear my mask. Or will, you know, which way will it go? So it'll be interesting I to see how I am dying to see out. how that all rolls out. It, consumer choice. I can't wait to and see. And it'll keep changing, right? Yeah. I, I mean, I, it'll I, keep changing. For sure. They, I think everybody will react to how... How people respond to, to those requirements. Oh, we'll just have more information. We we've, we know that the good weather helps people yeah. have alternative activities. We're all ready to go out. But I do think I'm not, I'm going to go back to my Pollyanna start with that is like most of this could just be found in being courteous too. Absolutely. Again, I am, I'm refusing to believe that slapping a mask on myself is like the worst thing I've ever been asked to do as a citizen. I, look, and that, this is why I'm saying when private businesses are making decisions like this, the, the, the greatest emotion I feel is curiosity. I want to see how, I'm not outraged. I want to see how it works. But the, the school board meeting, it's your kid. And I'm telling you, there's just a whole different emotion on public policy. Yeah, when I'm it not going to ever so. excuse people being out of control. They can be uh, passionate. You know there's they not can a person on this podcast that if someone you thought were, were hurting your kid, or I got overly your kid, passionate you in favor of my child today. Be up. I'm looking <laughs> at two Two mama bears that would absolutely defend their kids and would not apologize for doing it. I am I not talking about defending. Facts. I'm talking about the means, That's what not they think the action. Doing. I am getting mad at these parents for being out of control, and I admit my daughter got a speeding ticket, <laughs> and she called and paid for a said speeding ticket today. It was in Logan, and then as soon as she paid for it, she asked how she signs up for the class. You know how you can take that mm-hmm. driver's course right. so you can keep it off your record? The lady's like, I'm sorry I closed your case. You can't do that now. So she hung up, and my daughter was upset, so I called the court back up, and I was like, listen, I'm sure you can open it. Can she please sign up for the class? And she's like, no, she would have had to do that first. And I'm like, well, don't you think you should have told, told her that? Her. So she's like, it's irreversible. And I was not, like, very happy with this woman because you I think... know that they make those records in stone? I know, but the funny can't. thing is is they probably get people fighting tickets all the time, and they just don't want to mess with people. But I was like, listen, my daughter was reasonable. She didn't fight with you. She paid her ticket. Can we please sign her up for the class? And she's like, I'm sorry, it's closed. It's not reversible. And I got mad, and I was like everything's reversible but murder and she's just like <laughs> she See? Up, and i was like why thank you heidi that? you and just made my point you my just went right like, there you're making it worse and i'm like okay mama bear needs to yep mama bear down. let mama bear the children leave cubs don't mess with the cubs that's what i'm telling you I know, don't mess so, with the cubs oh my gosh you're out of control the empathy let's that's that's empathetic yeah. to understand we're talking about our cubs here the other business i wanted to mention i haven't seen a lot of other businesses say that they're going maskless i'm sure that there are some small local local businesses that are, but Health Center Theater, which welcomes thousands of guests every night, said masks are welcome but not required. My daughter, whom I was mama bearing, works there, and last night uh, was, I think, the second or third night this has happened, and she said there's probably about 90% who don't wear masks, 10% who do. Uh, she seemed like everything was amicable. Everyone mm-hmm. who works there still is. I was interested to see if people would cancel because they said they'd give you a refund if you didn't want to come, but the shows are sold out, and it hasn't changed, so... Another one that we're watching closely I, I see here. this geographically. As I get closer to Salt Lake City, there are more patrons that want to wear masks where these restrictions have been lifted. And the further south I go, the, the it's it's some signs say, like you just mentioned, you know, encouraged or we'd like you to, but not required. And then some have taken off the require. don't even mention it anymore. And so as you go south of Salt Lake City, I see less people putting masks on. But I... I have yet to go into a commercial establishment where someone isn't, like a convenience store or something, where someone isn't wearing a mask. And so 
But I'm not like aghast by it or offended either way. I'm not offended for those that do. I'm not offended for those that don't. It's, it is what it is. And that's, uh, I think that's Mara. Peace on earth. That's what yeah. you're talking about, right? It is going to be interesting as more and more get blended and we'll have a hundred different rules, right? We're going to have a hundred different requirements yeah. and we're just going to have to roll. Mm-hmm. I do want to mention really quickly a change of topics here. The Utah Supreme Court uh, ruled on a case this week that was a big deal for the transgender community. They ruled uh, in a four to one decision that judges statewide need to grant what they call gender marker changes to transgender individuals. Mara, does this make a big difference? This is basically means so if you were assigned a male at birth, you can change it to female so it matches the life that you live. Does it make yeah, a big difference? Yeah, I mean, it's a really big deal for transgendered people, partly because it brought up this need to out themselves every time you handed a driver's license. There's always a conversation. That wasn't. Yeah, and I think I think this was smart. It, 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 uh, they, they, they heard the decision, or they heard the case in 2018, so they've deliberated for quite a while, so I think there some, was some relief from the community. The other really interesting component of this that they were... The, the, the one dissenter, the, the crux of the ruling was about who had jurisdiction, the judiciary or the legislature. And where they landed was that, in fact, the judiciary had the purview in this instance. And so the courts could rule on this, and, and it really just standardized um, – how the lower courts were acting. You know, we had the majority of courts were following the gender marking um, and the, a smaller degree weren't. But what was an interesting component is they essentially said in this instance, it was a legal issue, not a legislative issue. And I thought that was, that might filter over into other transgender discussions as we see or don't see bills about this community. But I think it was a huge relief um, for those who have just wanted to change their markers on their official documents. Yeah. It's something that I guess most of us don't think about every day, but if right. it's something you live and there's things that every time you have to show your driver's license for that something doesn't mesh up, it seems like it's probably a good decision. I, 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 I think it's fine, especially, I will say this, adults and how they want to do this, given the times in the world we live in, fine. Where I see trouble on the horizon is if you have a boy uh, that is identifying themselves as a girl and they want to play a girl's sport in high school, and I'm not even including the NCAA in this. I'm just going to narrow it down to our local communities and our school districts. If there are boys playing girl sports and there are girls that are displaced from rosters because of it or the competition uh, is changed because you have boys playing in girl uh, high school sports, I think this community will not be okay with that. I, I've seen parents in high schools where the curriculum, once you get in high school, isn't as important as the activities and the sports and everything else. That takes a pretty high priority inside these communities and these families and, and in these schools. If you see that scenario roll out, I think you're gonna. There's gonna be a, a significant pushback in our community in, in Utah. And that approach, I think, is sort of why I like the precedence that the Supreme Court just laid down. That said, this is a personal issue, and this is an issue about the individual who owns the ID. And I think that sets a nice precedence for those legislators for who want it to be. I think that's a great them. one for adults. I think in the minors and this in, in kids that are less than 18, I think there's still a the discussion to be had there. Speaking of adults, the First Lady of the United States of America made a trip to Utah. Uh, we haven't had one for a while. Michelle Obama was the last First Lady I remember coming to Utah, and she did not have any public appearances. I think it was a money stop kind of ATM fundraising in Park City. Uh, <laughs> Greg, were you invited? I, I'm off the list. I don't You're know how off. this happened. So I weird. didn't get a list. I'm, I'm shocked by this. So I don't weird. understand. She, they keep calling her Dr. Jill Biden. I mean, I'm, she, she is a doctor. Uh, yeah, you're Greg. a doctorate. I get it. But I don't see the word. I, I just thought she was a physician for the longest time. I thought that maybe she could, you know, 
help on some medical so, maladies maybe, but no, nah, she's just, she's, what is she a doctor? Before of? Greg finishes, I'm just going to say <laughs> when they go low, we go high and I'm going to ignore that part of Greg's speech it's, and just say, uh, hey, hey, was this was a moment. Like a, like this MD. was a lovely moment. A first lady Cox oh, I'm excited she's here. joined her. I just, I just, I just picked out the doctor. Yeah. I, we heard the sexism. So, um, <laughs> so it wasn't, I was just, I thought she was an MD. And so I not. thought this was a great event on both sides. First lady Cox, um, joined her at Glendale. Uh, it was a positive message that both Republicans and Democrats share. It was a focus on um, kids. It was it had some focus on some underserved kids and some special needs kids. And this would have been a nice moment for Greg to just say, isn't it nice that she stopped well, for yes, a minute? Well, yes, because you interrupted I me. I, I was don't think just she, about to say she's I don't a think great, she picked up anything lady. from the ATMs. And I think this is, I mean, clearly it's part of yeah. a larger tour, but I appreciated that um, Mrs. Cox came. I appreciated that other elected officials came from both sides of the aisle, and I thought it was a nice press. I can say what, what, what Democrats wouldn't say about Melania, our former first lady. She and had that a PhD. Is that, is that she's a wonderful person, a, a great leader with great causes that uh, we are fortunate in Utah to have her stop by and see these kids and, uh, and, and feel of her leadership. I would have said the same for the last first it's lady. Too, it's too late. But you wouldn't. What I'd like to see <laughs> is that... Uh, who knows if it's just for show or if it's really wanting to talk to people in different communities. But I like that Utah's not being forgotten. We see it in campaigns. We see it other times that it's just like, eh, you know, that state doesn't matter. So I do like that even if it's just for a couple hours that Utah is one of the 50 states in between being treated as She such. didn't so that fly was over, nice. and that was yes, nice. Yes, absolutely. Uh, I agree. So it seems like it's been a year ago, but the GOP convention <laughs> happened on Saturday. So... Uh, Everybody was waiting to see if Senator Romney would be censured. In the end, he was not. The vote was 798 to 711 um, against it, so censure failed. You were there, Greg. Uh, mm -hmm. There was booing going on. Were you one of the people booing? I was out in the concourse, but I heard it, and I will admit that I was I was, I was, was nothing but approval. I thought that it was so absolutely So you would have booed if you were in there. Yeah. I, I think that, look, you earn your applause, you earn your boos. Well, there's... It is not a participation trophy. It is not a golf clap. If you are a public servant and you're in front of those delegates and they are excited and happy for you and you've earned their applause, you're going to get the applause. If they feel like you've let them down and they're disappointed by your service, it doesn't reflect what they want, they can boo. You and I, I don't think nasty? there's any... Absolutely not. In fact, because he wasn't censured, now the, the, there's an interesting thing about the timing of all this. Uh, the, the, the delegates that get that, that register and get credentialed, there's more at the beginning of the morning when they start than at the end of the day. Yeah. The censure vote took place at the very, very end. And many people were complaining, saying, look, if you're mad, you're going to stay longer. If you're happy, you're going to get on with your Saturday. So they thought it was a rigged up timing of the censure vote to wait for the most strident and most angry delegates to only be left to actually vote to censure Senator Romney. The fact that it was the last item, well, hours after that, the booze, that he was not censured. I think it, what it is, is it's they're saying, we're not happy with you. We don't like what you did. You swung and you missed. But when it came down to an official censure vote, you know, you can't say that these delegates are all foaming at the mouth and so divisive. When they ultimately, as the last item on the agenda with less delegates there than what started, ultimately decided that they didn't want the party to eat themselves or to divide. They didn't vote to censure them. I think that it's the boos are fine, just like the applause when you earn it. And look, if what's going on in this country with all the destruction, riots, looting, all that's going on, if the boo birds are keeping you up at night, you aren't, you aren't paying attention to what's happening in this country. There's a lot of things to worry about. 
Boo Birds aren't one Were of them. Were you surprised, Mara, that they did not censure? I I wasn't, and let me tell you, I'm going to swim against the pundit stream here because I thought the pundits, when I listened to the recap of the convention, I thought we went cheap and easy on it. Here was my take. Romney won the day, and let me tell you why. He won the day because, one, he joined a long line of people that include Bob Bennett and um, Mike Levitt and uh, Orrin Hatch, and he joined a long line of well-established Republicans in being booed at this particular forum. So one, I don't His think... This was really I, loud, I, though. No, it wasn't. It was <laughs> actually... Was you, was you were not one. there at Gary Herbert's then, and you certainly weren't there at Bennett's, because that was something to was behold. Okay. So I'm saying it wasn't the majority. Everyone knew that was going to happen, and to Romney's credit, he decided to show up. Now, Romney is not probably the best public speaker we're going to hear, but he showed up... And he delivered a message that got repeated, which is a win in a news cycle or in a communication cycle. So I think this was actually a smart strategic move by the Romney campaign because he could have taken a pass. He could have sent in a video and he knew what was going to happen. It was not a surprise that he was not met. And I think it was a smart move. And for the first time in months, you saw a cycle in which Republicans were defending Romney and defending Romney's positions and defending his independence. And so I disagree agree with those who just focused on a few people booing in which I think that's just political theater and say this was great Romney strategy and at the end of the day I thought he won the cycle of communications last week. Interesting. So let's go with you Mara first. They um, adopted new leadership there. Carson Jorgensen uh, is a name that I've been watching over the last couple of years. He only came into my purview, maybe because I don't hang out with the right people, it, <laughs> over the gubernatorial race. I saw some videos. I saw him out campaigning. A sheep farmer. This is something new. Is this a good thing? We're kind of going out of the Salt Lake City, city slicker, I've got money. Yeah, for sure. There's some authenticity there about yeah. this farmer here. Like, he is from the farm. Don't mock. I'm she not. Don't, I, can see it, uh, hey, I can see the right No, that friend. is not true. I spent my summers on a cattle ranch. Okay. And so this guy is real. Yes. I, one thing, think that we're all too quick to decide who he is, what team he's playing sure. on, um, what kind of Republican he is. And what's intriguing to me about him is I don't think we know. And it's intriguing that he isn't going to join those um, well-heeled members who go to Eagle Gate Tower, which is where they have had the GOP really expensive real estate for a while. I don't think we know what's going on. His whole slate is in their 30s. I I am not sure he expected this, so I don't know that he he has... uh, I'm not sure if he's decided. I think he can be a leader. I'm not suggesting that, but I think he hasn't decided, and I think he's a wild card for everybody. One thing I will say I disagree with he and Mr. Hughes have both stated this. He essentially, there was a little kerfuffle about um, about some, some text message back and forth. I'm not interested in the kerfuffle, but yeah. I want to talk about the content. And the content was interesting because it asserts an interesting political battle, which is, does the party work for the candidates or do the candidates work for the party or is it one or the other? He outlined that you work for the party. And I have to say I disagree with that. I think that the... Strong candidates, strong Republican candidates in Utah have not needed the party at all, in fact. I mean, I think the Democrats in many ways care more about their party because they need the collective to move themselves forward. Mm -hmm. If you're a powerful, singular elected official, you don't need the party to get reelected. So I would disagree that if he's taking a strong arm to people who are elected and saying, you need me, I'm going to suggest that he's going to come to a rude awakening in which individually elected Republicans in this state have never really needed their party. So, so they need the brand. They don't need the party. They'll be like, "All right, sheep kicker." Yeah. So that so 
the background, as I've learned about that, there was a text message that he would share, an informal text message uh, that, that our new, young, 31-year-old Carson Jorgensen, a sheep farmer from rural Utah, average everyday American, young father, uh, which I love. I love all this about the Republican Party being the party of the everyday American, you know, race, color, creed, gender, you well, name them. right in his speech love it. right now. Just absolutely love it. I really do. I'm excited for him. Didn't see it, see it coming. I truly didn't think he was going to win. Um, so it came to a surprise uh, for many, but he did. He won the confidence of the, of the delegates. That So a lot of people that didn't win and were disappointed by it um, took a over four-month-old uh, text thread that was a conversation over a couple days and just shrunk it down to a couple lines. And, and it did sound like he was saying, you better answer to the party, you elected officials. What, what the, so what who the, did the text go to? I guess I'm missing out on this. Uh, social media platforms, mm-hmm. Facebook groups, uh, Republican no, but, groups. I mean, they never named who and then, when and they then, focused on And then the Tribune uh, covered this, this kerfuffle, as it's been called. But what, what, what was going on there is, and I think that the, our new chairman's point was, a party's platform means something. And, and if you don't think that the party's platform or being a Republican means something or that you think as a candidate the party should just morph into whatever it is that you are, then take the Republican designation off your name and run in November and see how that does. If it's all about the individual and nothing to do with that party or its platform, then run as an independent and see if you get the, the votes. The brand, the party does mean something. And I think he's 100% right about that. And so... Look, he's not. So is he a middleman? Does he lean to no, the right? No, look, to the he's, left? he's young. He? He's. I think he's conservative by nature. I think if you read the party platform of the Republican Party, it's conservative by nature. But what I love the most is when this little so-called little tempest in a teapot broke out. What did this young new chairman do? Uh, there were some member, a state senator that had had mentioned how he did not like this text. It really worried him. He just called, picked up the phone and gave him a ring. And said, I'd love you to get to know me. Oh, he had great instincts. I'd love you to get to know me beyond two sentences and a, a two-day text from four months ago. I'd love to get to know you. And it disarmed this person. They're going to meet. They're going to have lunch. He is reaching out to people saying, I'd love an opportunity before you make any final conclusions to, to meet you, to talk, to speak with you. No one told, I don't think anyone told him that. There was an instinct to that that I think is very promising. And I could not be more excited about and the governor and the speaker both Cinderella story. Him. Yes. I mean, they both. Everybody has. And it's a Cinderella story. And I'll tell you, I, he won on being authentic. And I think that is something that we all want to see more of in politics is Absolutely. authenticity. But he may be a disruptor, which I think is good fun. And I do like, too. I think this is interesting. I do too. He's and not. Born on third base and think you hit a triple is not this guy. Yeah. He's not. No. And the way that I kind of um, started noticing him was. After the original primary debate for the gubernatorial election, um, I saw some videos he was posting. I think he was supporting Governor Huntsman. And then um, after Huntsman lost, I saw him kind of supporting the idea of him possibly running against uh, Governor Cox and making a runoff race there. And I saw him doing some videos, and I saw him on his farm. And so yeah, that was the first time I kind of so saw I, him. So I remember what I did know about Carson is that he didn't support me when I was running. So he I was did kinda, not, I was no. kind of disappointed mm, by that. Mm. But uh, – but no, one of the things I think that he has as an advantage is that he, that the, the Huntsman family, John Huntsman Jr., I think is going to be supportive and try to help this new chairman and help raise money, which if you have a family like the Huntsmans that want to be part of that and help raise money, I think that's going to bode well for the party as well. Again, 
I think he's going to bring a lot of people together that people don't even realize yet. I, I think agree. it's going to be the fun. The other thing it's going to bring up is the generation generationalism, right? Yes. Parties have a lot of old people in them. Yes. And um, that'll just be an interesting way because I don't I, – I, I think he's going to shake that up by just being him. And that will that's be another rule he broke. A lot of young people that have run for party leadership have lost for that reason, that the general makeup of the delegates have been older uh, and they've not really been inclined to vote for young candidates for party leadership positions. And he broke that rule. Uh, on Saturday as well. And so, I think he'll have some hot races in 22, so he'll have a chance to. I do too. It'll I, be exciting to watch. I know we have Senator Mike Lee's race coming up, and right. I think there's nine people who are possibly considering <laughs> That's right. running do, against him. we start him? counting who's not running? Is yeah, that, is I that know. What we do? Are you, Greg? I don't know. Wait, I love Mike. I like Mike. I'm totally in with Senator Lee. I think All right. He, he had great hats at the convention, by the way. I've worn it a bunch of times. Wow, you do. Really you good. guys do like yourself some old oh, men hats, Oh, I love hats. Yeah, it's what like was a truck. What was hat? It's a trucker hat. It's got the mesh in the back. And it's kind of got the what does it tall say on front? front? It says Mike Lee, U.S. Senate. Okay, there's yeah. that. Yeah, it's you have good. a trucker hat it's on blue. right now. Yeah, I think I do. Your trucker hat so, now has yeah. some sweat stains it to does. give you it's some street gross. cred. There. I yeah. know. I was, nice. Anyway, nice. yeah. So it's got it's it's got uh, the blue and the gray. It's actually a nice hat. I've worn it a bunch. All right. And I don't get judged either. I wore it to Home Depot yesterday. No, swag's important. Yeah. Swag is important. Are Democrats not into swag as much? I feel like oh, they Democrats were. love swag. I remember after the conventions, this was when uh, Hillary and Trump, the first time around, uh, were there. I remember Republicans just left because there was always confetti and signs yeah. and like booklets and everything. It was just left. And then after the Hillary Clinton uh, one, everybody was gathering garbage bags full of it to take with them. So yeah. we like swags. Yeah. The Democrats like swags too because we can use all the words, right? Yeah. So the the t-shirts are funnier because we use all the words. <laughs> <laughs> I know what you mean, but this is a family program, so I'm not going to explain. Greg, I elaborate. heard you use a lot of the words. No, never. <laughs> farm words? No way. Right. I don't live on those. a farm. Cody, they Wyoming people farmer. People who swear are actually smarter, so it's fine. I've heard that. I've run with that. That's what I tell I myself. I, I read that as well. I yeah. felt pretty good about that. Yeah, myself. so I'm like, yeah, I'm doing all right I know some foul-mouthed Marine made that up somewhere on a meme, but I'm running with it. But it's real? Okay, we're going to stick with it. Hey, before we go, I want to talk about former Governor Gary Herbert. He's been out of his job for about four months. A lot of people have been watching to see what he would do. Last time I sat down with him, he said he had a couple books he wanted to write. He's really interested in the judiciary, as in the Supreme Court, and making sure it's non-political. And where he's landed right now is that he is going to be joining the Utah Valley Chamber of Commerce as its new executive chairman. Either of you, is this a good place for him? What can he do with this? I like it. I, you know, I, I, I have some empathy here. I, I think I feel what he's going through. He's been a, he was a, county, a popular county commissioner in Utah County, so he knows his county very well. Popular governor for over a decade. And you do. You, there, is a, there is a joy. It's not all easy, but there is something about public service that is deep, uh, meaningful to, to, to someone when they experience it. And when you leave it, like I have, um, and he has, there is a desire to serve and give back or stay in the game to some degree. You learn a lot along the way. And so I think that clearly the, our former governor was reached out to, had opportunities to, to re-engage or to, to you know, make the place better than he found it as he had as a, our governor, and uh, he's taking advantage of that. And I, I, I completely understand why. Uh, public service will do that to you. It's, it's something that it's noble, and it's something that uh, it's an honor to – be a part of, and I can see why he'd like to continue. This seems to comport well with his sort of chamber beliefs, if you will, when he was governor. I mean, he's always been a traditional yes. business pro, mm-hmm. pro traditional business guy. Uh, Utah County's obviously high growth area. Um, it is interesting. This is um, maybe less of a 
cush job because associations really took a hit during co- everybody took yeah. a hit, right? But associations did because companies stopped giving dues a little bit to those things. And so I know this chamber, while strong, uh, has had some struggles, some financial struggles during COVID. And so it's going to be a really big building year for the, for this chamber. And um, the Salt Lake tr- Chamber has traditionally been considered the statewide one. It'll be interesting with the former governor at um, a local one, if that makes a difference for the business community. But it, it seems to certainly comport with his worldview that he's had. Absolutely. And I think it's a big growth area when you look at at the Silicon Slopes down there. There's a lot of younger, newer businesses coming down. And I think it's an area, I mean, there's only so much growth can happen in the Salt Lake County area, and that's an area we're looking at for growth. So, yeah, it's interesting to have his fingers in the pot there. Well, Greg, you said you were going to, like, what did you say? I forget what you were going to say. You were going to, like, go on and go off. Launch. Launch. Yeah, I did. You launched, but you weren't too crazy. So yeah, no, I did. I I was. I'm really excited about our new GOP chairman. I think just who he is, uh, his age, his inexperience. I think it's all fun. I think it. I think it's going to rally people together. Um, I I think the boo birds that everyone's losing sleep over is ridiculous. And so yeah, I got I got it all off my chest. You I did enough good. name calling. You did. You think to feel okay about yourself. I do. Today? I I love it. I love. <laughs> you know what? You earn your applause. You earn your booze. Just remember that, folks. That's good. You know, to know. Those booze stick with you when you're going to sleep at night. I would assume, uh, though. Yeah. You know what? Hey, no one ever held back with me. I didn't see anyone losing sleep when I got heckled. How come, I, how come that was all fun? Maybe something with the egging on you were doing, perhaps, <laughs> that had something to do with that relationship. But, you know, <laughs> leaders take it. You know what? You take it. You take it. You let them out. You, you know, you take it. And you and you know what? You got to look inward a little bit, too. If you're getting booed, you got to think about, well, why is that happening? Why am I getting booed? And yeah. get some self-reflection. Is it all them or... Could it be me? Could it be me? <laughs> it could partially be you. Well, thank you for being with us this week. Happy Mother's Day to all the moms out there. Uh, I right. hope you're in the running for Mom of the Year, Mara. I'm not. I swear we learned. And I, I no, yell I at missed people it. on the phone. <laughs> all right. There's always next year. Uh, if you like us, give us a five-star rating. If you don't, please don't rate us at all. We'd rather not see. Have a great week and tell your friends about us. <laughs>